Welcome to Real Foot Forward, a West Tennessee podcast from Discovery Park of America. This episode is made possible by our friends at the University of Tennessee at Martin. UT Martin offers more than 100 areas of academic study with 18 undergraduate degree programs. Contact UT Martin today to find a program that's right for you. Thank you, Emma. Welcome to Real Foot Forward, a West Tennessee podcast where we explore the history, the people, and the culture around our home here in West Tennessee. I'm your host, Scott Williams. Okay, Emma, before I introduce our very social guest today, what is something you've discovered this week at Discovery Park of America? This week, I discovered that it only takes 22 seconds to ride the elevator to the top of Cooper Tower and that the observation deck that looks out over the Heritage Park is 120 feet in the air. Fantastic. And if you look on the wall, as you go up, you see Jack and the Beanstalk on, on the wall of the yep. elevator. Um, so today we're going to get really social. Facebook launched in 2004. Can you believe that, Emma? When did you get your uh, Facebook page? What year? Um, actually I got my Facebook page in 2016. So I was a little late to the, (laughs) to the social media game, which is ironic since that's my job, but it's fun. (laughs) Yeah, that that's interesting. So I was, I got a really early one. So for me, 2004, maybe about, maybe a little after that Instagram was 2010. So as these social media networks have matured, so have the ways that people like all of us out there are using them. Today's guest is mastering the two I mentioned and then several others as a lifestyle blogger. We're going to talk to her about what all that means and how she got um, involved in it. I actually uh, saw her posts about Discovery Park uh, when she came and visited with her family. So welcome to Kirsten Blanchard. Hey, Scott. Thank you for having me. It's awesome to have you here. So before we jump into social media, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you come from? Where'd you grow up? Okay, so I'm from Paris, Kentucky, um, which is a bit of a hike from you guys. Um, But I live now in Simpsonia, which is not too far. And so we get to frequent your museum to entertain our kiddos, which is nice. Um, But yeah, Paris, Kentucky, which is pretty close to Lexington, if you haven't heard of it. Yeah, fantastic. So um, growing up, um, I don't know how old you are, but growing up, at what age did you first dive into social media? Well, so you were saying Facebook started in 04. And and when it started, you could only be on there if you were in college. And at that time, I was still in high school. So I'm 31. So I got Facebook in 08 when I went to college. Um, and then Instagram, I got it as soon as it started. So 2010, but as far as really like utilizing it for anything other than posting occasional pictures of what I was eating or a picture of my boyfriend or friends at the time, (laughs) uh, that's been just in the past couple of years, probably. And so, uh, you, what college did you go to? So I went to Midway originally, um, which is in Midway, Kentucky. At that time, it was an all-girls college, and I went there for volleyball. Um, and after a couple of years, I actually kind of pivoted, and I went to Paul Mitchell, so I'm a licensed hairstylist now. Well, that's very cool. So 
Um, and we're going to get into just a little bit um, more about how you've incorporated that into, you know, your social media and what you do. Um, are you, you obviously you have children. How old are your children? Yeah. So I have two little boys. One of them is six and one of them turns two tomorrow. Oh, wow. That's well, happy <laughs> birthday to Thank him you. or her. He, yeah. Two little boys. Happy birthday to him. That's awesome. So you're, you're cutting hair, you're a stylist. Um, at what point did you start to think, I wonder if I should try to take advantage of social media? Yeah. So social media is a game changer when it comes to business, especially, um, it just really allows you to put your face in front of a lot of people that you would not be able to otherwise. And so we, my, when my oldest son was a baby, we actually moved from Lexington to where we are now, which is about four, four and a half hours from home um, for my husband's job. And I knew I stayed home for a little bit, but I knew when I went back into the salon, I was going to have to use social media probably to get clients because I didn't know anybody here. And so that was my way of really like putting my face and my work in front of people. Of course, I was also walking into businesses downtown, going literally into places and giving business cards and things. But social media, I knew was just going to allow me to do that on a broader spectrum. And so I started utilizing at that point um, social media for my work in the salon. Um you know, using hashtags for the area and looking up locations and finding people that looked like my ideal clientele, um, connecting with them, liking their posts, seeing what people were into, just so people would start seeing my stuff. Um, and then 2020 happened. And as I'm sure you know, a lot of things were forced to be shut down. And so my industry, we were not allowed to work. Um, and so I'm sitting at home with two kids and my husband had just got a new job right at the beginning of March where he had to be gone five hours away for most of the week. And what, and what so, does he do? So he's a civil engineer, but he is actually a supervisor now for, um, a company that deals with like right of way um, with the power companies and stuff. He would probably laugh at my explanation because <laughs> I have a limited, um, understanding. Um, but so he gets this new job and it's great. And then shutdown happens. And so now I'm stuck at home with my husband gone and with two kids and not allowed to do what was my creative outlet and my passion. Cause it was my job, but I really enjoy that. You know, I've always been a creator. I like connecting with people. And so I was like, I have got to do something. Um, so honestly, at first I was making little watercolor portraits and posting them on Instagram just for fun. And then people started requesting to buy them. So that kind of took up some quarantine time. Um, and then after that started stressing me out because... <laughs> I'm bad about that. I jump into a hobby and then I overdo it and then I get burnout. Um, I started researching blogging because it's always something that has interested me. I'm a talker. I like to write. 
Um, and so I started looking into that, just thinking maybe one day I'll do that. And for now, the researching was just to pass the time. So quarantine was lifted and I went back to work. Um, and my husband found out he was going to have to start traveling um, just a little bit, mainly two places, but it was potentially for up to four months at a time in each um, in different states. And I think quarantine really put me in a spot where, in all of us, where we were able to value our family time more and also kind of see what mattered the most, you know? And I was in a position where I was like, okay, do I really want us all to be away from each other? Like, granted, we can get through anything, but I'm kind of blessed where I'm in charge of my own schedule and whatnot. Let's make some decisions here. So at that time, I decided to step out from behind the chair and we went with him to Kansas City first. Um, it ended up only having to be a month. And when we were in Kansas City is when I started my blog. I didn't post it to the world yet, but I started building it and creating it and really diving into that creative outlet because at that point, the most important was for our family to be together. And then the second most important for me was to have something that I could do creatively and to pass my time so I didn't, you know, go insane. <laughs> so, so for people out there who are listening, who also, you know, have passions and want to follow in your footsteps, where does one even begin researching how to blog and, and how do you get that process started? So I watched a lot of YouTube videos. Um, I read so many articles from Pinterest. You would be surprised how many bloggers blog about starting blogs. Um, it is, I think, something that I, I hear a lot that blogging's dead. Um, people try to say that. I think that's the farthest from the truth, especially in the um, area we're in right now in our, you know, world, people are online more than they've probably ever been before. And they're also craving not only a creative outlet like myself, but a connection and a community. And the internet gives us that very quickly. And so, especially in 2021, now coming out of all that, I think that there's a lot of resources because people are really, um, you know, seeing that it's something that everyone is in. It's definitely not dead. People are here for it. And the thing about blogging is you can talk about whatever. I mean, think of all the things that you Google search during a day. Guarantee you could start a blog about any of those. You know, <laughs> you might Google search a recipe or, you know, how to build something or, you know, mental health or, something about parenting. There's a blog about all of it. Um, and so, yeah, I just started by researching Pinterest, Google, all the places you would go to read a blog. And there's a lot of them about how to start your blog. <laughs> and so your particular blog, where did you land for exactly what your topic was going to be? Well, to be honest, Scott, I think I kind of bit off more than I could chew at first. I wrote down everything that I enjoy and that I'm passionate about and what I knew I could talk about. Um, and I kind of started with all of those things, um, you know, mom stuff, mental health stuff, fashion, 
um, the beauty industry since that's what I'm licensed in. Um, and even so much as to put like crafting and traveling and other things that I enjoy. But what I've found and what I think a lot of bloggers will tell you is it's like, if you don't know exactly what you want to blog about or what your niche is, that's okay. Try all the things three to six months, and then look back and see what people respond to, what you enjoy the most, and then pivot to kind of niche down into things. So now what I've landed on is more the beauty industry, affordable fashion, and then mental health, um, and specifically how it relates to women and mothers. Um but yeah, I started with a lot and that's where I'm at in my process right now is kind of pivoting and getting to the bones of it. And so did you, you know, you have a beautiful website. Did you actually design that from scratch or did you have access to some kind of a, a website or tool that helped you do that? So one of the things I learned through my research when I was going to start was there's different types of domains and sites. And so one of your first steps is buying your domain, but then you get on, like I use WordPress. So I'll use that as example, <clears throat> excuse me. WordPress has a wordpress.com sites and wordpress.org sites. So .com are going to be easier. They build it all for you. You don't have to really do anything at all, um, but they also own it. So if you're ever going to monetize or, you know, have complete freedom over it, it doesn't really work well with a .com. Their .org sites, um, your website will still show up as a .com under your domain, but your WordPress being a .org allows you to have creative freedom. So I went with that from the beginning, having done that research and I did not build it all on my own because I, I, Internet coder, I am not. I would, I'm so lost when it comes to all of that. Uh, so I bought a theme. They do offer free ones too. Um, and they're not, but, they're not super expensive for anybody who's curious. Somebody who hasn't, ha has not had a chance to dive into this yet. Um, the domain to buy um, rscottwilliams.com or whatever I was going to buy is, 15, 20 bucks. I mean, it's not like a whole lot of money. And then to buy one of the templates, you know, is probably $35. You know, if you get a basic one. Yeah, right? they kind of range. So you can go, honestly, I think there's some on there even for maybe 20 or less. Um, and they have a lot of free ones that look really good. I was just being really particular about like fonts and things. And sometimes, um, the fonts won't upload. Like if you buy a font, they won't upload in a free one. But yeah, I think they start as low as like 20. And then mine was, I think, 70. But, you know, I looked at it as an investment. And then they do go up from there. There are some really pricey. But I think you can get a really good, cohesive look in any area, you know, whatever brand look you're going for for a pretty low price point. There's so, so many. Let's talk about that a little bit. You're you, when you look at your website now, clearly you have a brand, you know, you're, you're, everything is on brand. So how did you decide exactly what the Kirsten brand was going to be? <laughs> well, I'm really drawn to neutrals most of the time. And I 
feel like I'm a creature of habit. I have like, if you looked in my closet right now, Scott, everything, there's like only four different colors in my closet. probably. (laughs) So I kind of know what I like. So I thought that's who I am. So brand colors, that's what I went with. Um, And then as far as fonts, I just kind of picked what spoke to me. And I tried to think about the emotion I was trying to evoke too. You know, I want people to take it seriously, but I also want them to feel free and heard and it to be real easy going. And so I went with like a really large font script to kind of portray that because it's wild what a font itself can make you feel. You know, if I look at your name in a cursive font, I might feel one way about you. And if I look at your name in a big, bold block letter, it might make me feel a different way. Um, So I just kind of kept that in mind. And branding, I feel like one good tip that someone gave me was to sit down before you ever start even writing anything and think about who it is you're wanting to speak to. And you can even make them like a little avatar, you know, think about what their name is, how old are they? And it could be a range. Um, Where do they shop? What do they eat? What might they wear? Where are they going? What are they doing during the day? How might they be feeling? What are some things you could help them with? What are some things you relate to them on? And you might have, you know, two or three people that's your target audience. Like when you make your little I'm going to call them avatars and then do everything with that in mind of who you're talking to, your colors, your font, what you're writing about, the voice you use when you're writing, the things you're sharing, you're talking to those people. And so you put all this together and you started writing some initial content. At what point did you pull the trigger and unveil your brand new website to the world? Yeah. So when we went to Kansas City, that was July of 2020. And I didn't launch it to the world until October. So I sat on it for a bit. And then how frequently have you been updating it and adding new content? So I started off um, thinking, like, I made a plan. I'm going to post one blog post every week. And what I have realized... (laughs) is that I overwhelmed myself. Um, So I did about every week for a few months. And then to be honest, at the end of last year was my last blog post on my website. Um, I post a lot on Facebook and Instagram, and I have kept that really consistent, um, you know, almost daily. Um, But I think i again, bit off more than I could chew at first. And I think I was comparing to what other people do. And I think if I want anyone to take away from this, that something that's important is to not do that. Um, If we know anything from social media or the internet, it's really easy to compare ourselves to others. And if someone else can post once a week, that's great. And if you cannot, that's great too. So making realistic expectations, um, I think is really important. So right now I'm actually in the process of creating my new schedule of how often I want to make those posts so that I'm not in a state of overwhelm. Yeah. um, We're going to take a a quick break. And then when we get back, I'm going to ask you about some of those other social media sites. All right. Hundreds of students experience real world learning at UT Martin. 
faculty members pair students with the perfect internship, clinical, or educational placement that best suits their area of study. Visit utm.edu to learn more about UT Martin. I hope you are enjoying the Real Foot Forward podcast from Discovery Park of America. If you are, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a positive review on iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast catcher of choice. Our guest today is a lifestyle blogger, Kirsten Blanchard. We've been talking about how she became a blogger and some of the steps that she took as she uh, launched her new site. Now we're going to talk a little bit about some of the other social networks that I know Kirsten's on. And she does a fantastic job of staying on brand and posting content um, that will uh, enlighten her viewers and and help align with the messages that she's putting out there. Uh, tell us a little bit about the other places where you're posting, Kirsten. Yeah, so Facebook and Instagram um, are my main two. Um, I would say Instagram's probably the number one, and then I'm also on Clubhouse. Now you you left out TikTok, aren't you on TikTok? I am. Um, but I don't know that I do much on brand on TikTok. It is who I am and I kind of am my own brand. So maybe I just use TikTok to be funny. Well, and, you know, each one of the social uh, networks that you're posting on are all different, obviously, and they all have different types of audiences and different types of content. Uh, let's talk through a little bit about what you're posting on each one. And of course, we all have a we all have an idea in our own heads of what each one is for. Sort of, I have my own um, idea. But why don't you tell us a little bit of your personal um, opinion and what you found, for example, on Instagram? Let's start with Instagram. What type of things are you posting on there? Okay, so Instagram has a new feature called Reels, somewhat new. So I've been doing a lot of Reels there, um, and I think. That when it comes to Instagram, I try to keep it to the third rule, meaning one third personal, one third educational, one third inspirational. Um, so lots of videos. You can find some, you know, how to's on how to do hair, um, mom stuff, mental health. And I share a lot of um affordable fashion that I find because I'm also a like to know it and reward style influencer. And so Instagram has been really helpful with growing that platform for me. And do you see when you post something, um, do you see results? Do you see people engaging? Uh, do you, can you tell when you've posted something and it gets a high level of engagement versus when you post something and it falls flat? Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that when you look at the analytics of it, it really rings true to the fact that people just want you to show up authentically. Like I can post the prettiest posed, perfectly edited image, but if it doesn't have a real voice behind it, or there's really no other reason, I notice that it doesn't get that as much interaction. Um, if I post like, Last week, I posted a picture of my embarrassingly dirty laundry room and then an after of cleaning it up. I thought, oh, people are going to judge me, but they just want you to be real. You know, we, people need connection with people who are authentic and they don't want to feel like you have it all together. So 
I feel like just opening up and, um, you know, allowing myself to just be a hundred percent honest. Sometimes I'm a mess. Sometimes my house is a mess. Sometimes my kids are a mess, but in those moments when it's just completely honest, that's what people resonate with most. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Facebook. So you're posting on Facebook. I'm assuming I've not seen your Facebook, but I've seen the others. Um, how do you handle content on Facebook in an era that has become so divisive and in some cases downright mean? Yeah. So I actually have um, like a page for my blogging on my personal Facebook. I just share stuff about my kiddos, maybe some inspiration here and there. Um, I try to stay out of everything else because honestly, it stresses me out. (laughs) Um, And on my Kirsten Blanchard lifestyle page, um, Instagram automatically shares everything directly to it. So that helps um, kind of push content through Facebook. And then typically I'll just go in there and sometimes add a few links or things that didn't show up or, and then just share it to my personal one so that I'm catching my people too. Now, what some people may not realize is that you can put money behind some of the posts. Have you experimented with that at all? Um, you mean as far as like being paid for things? No, no to, like um, to advertise, to make your posts go further, you know, putting a $35 uh, campaign behind it and pushing it out more. Have you paid to get your posts out further? At first, when I first launched my blog, I think it was, um, actually it was my first real post. Um, it was about anxiety. Um, and on my first post, I did do a promoted, um, yeah, promoted post on Instagram to kind of push that out. And I think it helped a lot, um, I wasn't expecting to have that many page views on my very first post. (laughs) Um, And I think I only paid, I did a small one. I think I did five or 10 bucks. And I mean, it had thousands of um, reach. Yeah. So I was going to say, what what has been, if you know off the top of your head, like on Facebook, for example, since most people have a Facebook page, do you recall what was your most, um, the post that got the most response or the most views or the most comments, one that you might consider successful? I'd say probably it was one that I just wrote on a whim that I, there's not a blog post about it, but it was originally on Instagram and then pushed through to Facebook from there. Um, we were on vacation and I had had my husband take a picture of me in the, in my bathing suit to link it. And all I could think was all these negative things about myself and my body image. And just on a whim that night, I was literally getting out of the shower and I thought, you know what? I am not defined by my size. I made a post that essentially started with, I gained, I lost 10 pounds this year and then gained 30 or whatever, you know? And then it went through everything else that I've done this year, all the things I've overcome, the things I've done with my kids, the fears I'd faced, um, the networking that I've been able to do, the 
paid deals that I'd la- landed. And so it ended with, um, so again, I've, I've lost 10 pounds and gained 30, but that's not all I did. And I think it really hit with people. And I'd say that was probably the one that got the most because especially being so isolated, I think that more now than ever, there's so many people struggling with mental health, with body image, with knowing what their dreams are and having the courage to chase them. And so I think that, you know, people just resonate with that feeling and they need to be reminded that they're worth it and that they're not alone. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, I think to your point, the, the, uh, being quarantined has really impacted people being so isolated. And even if you are running around, it's still not the same as it was before. And there is a lot of, and of course, some people are extroverts. Some people are introverts, you know, some introverts aren't going to want to come back out into the world. They're going to have to be drugged, kicking and screaming. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, it is, I think, I think, uh, internet and social media, ironically though, at the same time, it's become so divisive and so challenging. How do you, how do you, and maybe you don't, but I think a lot of people who post content on, um, say TikTok or Instagram do get trolls and people saying ugly things to elicit a response. So for anybody who hasn't started this yet and get inspired to do their own thing online, because listening to this, how do you handle any kind of negative feedback? Well, first of all, I will say that you could lie down completely flat to allow someone to walk all over you. And they're still going to say you're not flat enough, you know, (laughs) or what's the one about the peach. It's like, you could be the juiciest peach and there's still going to be someone who doesn't like peaches. So you're not for everybody and everybody's not for you. And that shouldn't keep you from saying what you're having, you have to say or following your passion Um, that's okay. If people don't like some of the stuff you do, they're just not your people. Um, so I would lead with that, but I have been really lucky to not experience a lot of that. I've had very minimal, um, pushback and, but I also kind of stay out of, um, areas that can be overly controversial because my whole idea behind my platform is that I want everyone to feel included and loved. And I'm not saying I don't use my voice when it's important, but I am saying that I'm not on there talking about politics and all the things that tend to stress us out, especially right now, because I want to be a place that my viewers come to get away from that. Um, to find something that they enjoy and to see something they can connect on the same level with, with someone else, regardless of all the other stuff. So I stay away from the no, no topics and really just promote the love. I'm just trying to love on people, Scott. (laughs) That's great. We could use more of that. Um, You mentioned deals that you'd gotten. So obviously you've, you've, you're still at the beginning to some degree of this adventure that you're on. We don't know where you're going to end up, but what deals um, have come together that sort of surprised you or, you know, you're really excited about because of all this. Yeah. So I've had a few and I'm, I'm not going to 
try to act like I'm real successful at it. But um, I've had a few. One that I was really excited to do was with Disney Plus. Um, and it wasn't a huge, huge paying job. So don't be fooled. Um, but one cool thing and tip, I guess I would tell people too, if they're in the blogging or influencing space, is that there are a lot of um, like influencer marketing sites that you can join that companies are also a part of, and they're looking for influencers and bloggers to use and talk about their products. And so you can join and then the companies are on there and you can kind of, sometimes you can apply for brand deals and sometimes they see your profile on there and they reach out to you. Um, So I did Disney plus through a site like that. Um, And I think it's important too, when you're picking what you're talking about and who you're working with, that you stay authentic. Like anybody could talk about stuff to make money, but if you're, if it's not genuine, your people are going to know, and you're not going to do that good of a job (laughs) because you either don't like it or don't know what you're talking about. I think what you're doing is very applicable to whether I had a law practice or an agritourism business or a store uh, with jewelry and, and clothing or, you know, any business that people out there are in could benefit from this kind of knowledge and having a, uh, some of these social media uh, tools associated with their, their organization or company. So I think this is really helpful for people. Yeah, because we live in a world where, like we've said now, everyone's getting on the internet. And the reason that these brands and companies are using influencers is because it might not be as big of a, you know, audience as like a celebrity, but you can have multiple ones and you're paying them way less than you would pay a celebrity or to have a commercial or anything else. People are talking about what they like and what they do daily, all day long. And most of the time they're not getting paid for it and you're not making money off of it either. So when it combines like that, it's really beneficial for like me and my space, but I think also for, like you said, businesses and brands. Now, for people who are listening, we'll put the links in the show notes, but uh, tell us really quickly where, if anybody who's listened wants to follow along and and see all the great work you're doing, where can they find you? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Kirsten R. Blanchard. Um, There is a link in my bio that has like a direct link to my website, which is just kirstenblanchard.com. I'm on Clubhouse, which is K Blanchard, my handle on there. And we normally just do chats to kind of support each other. That one's really laid back. And then Facebook, I think it's Kirsten Blanchard lifestyle blog. And on TikTok? TikTok. I don't remember my name on there, Scott. I think it's <laughs> Kirsten Blanchard. There may be a number in there. And yeah, if I- they if they have the free like to know it app, I'm a like to know it influencer and I'm on there too. Kirsten Blanchard. <laughs> yeah, I followed you on TikTok, so you're easy to find. I think I just searched your name, and you were one of the first ones that came up. So I'm going to um, have to step up my TikTok game now. Well, and you should follow Scott at Discovery Park is my TikTok. So you'll okay. see you'll see uh, history questions and trivia and things like that every day from Discovery Park. So I will I will do that as soon as we get done talking. Excellent. Um, 
Before we go, I always like to ask everybody, what is uh, something you've discovered in your life that you think has contributed in a positive way to who you are? Ooh, that's a good question. Let's see. Something you know, I like I've to throw it. At, I like to throw it at the end, so you're not prepared for it. So it's really top of mind. Something I've discovered over time is, and it relates a lot to what I post and how I post now too, is to just be confident in who I am as a person. There's a lot of people that do and talk about and experience a lot of things, but nobody is you. And nobody can ever have your voice. You are the only one who has it. And God gave it to you for a reason. And somebody is going to listen. So use it. Bam, that's powerful. (laughs) Um, Thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Listeners, if you enjoy discovering new things, be sure to plan a trip to Discovery Park of America here in Union City, Tennessee, where our mission is to inspire children and adults to see beyond. Music